All right, um, so I am not the pastor. Um, if you, it's your first time here this week, um, I'm not the pastor. Um, he has been on vacation. I'm the kids pastor, um, and since I'm not with the kids tonight, we decided to feed the kids all the leftover candy from Monday night. So uh, just to keep them quiet. So sorry, parents, they're not sleeping tonight. Um, that, that's also completely not true, by the way. <laughs> um, but something I love about preaching to kids is that when you tell them something, they just believe you. When you tell them something about the Bible, um, I can tell them God is good and he doesn't change. And they're like, yeah, that's true. Now, where's the candy at? You know, that's kind of how they go about it. Uh, but most kids, they're not in a place yet where they question God's character. Um, so we try to prepare them for a time when they do start to ask those questions about God and who he is and why bad things happen in the world. Um, and we don't water it down. You know, we preach the gospel. We preach scripture the way that it is presented in the word. Um, and, but we teach it at their level in a way that holds their attention, but it's never watered down. With them, uh, with the kids though, I could read one verse that says, God is good and he doesn't change. And they'd be like, yeah, that's right. That's exactly how it is. But unfortunately with us adults, it can be a little bit different. Um, we've been through life um, and we've seen some things, we've had some hard experiences and we can be a little more stubborn about what we read sometimes in the word. Um, do you remember when things were just good though? Like before you had to start paying bills and everything, you didn't have a care in the world. Um, you, all that mattered to you was you woke up in the morning, you wanted to know what cartoon was on that morning, and uh, you just wanted your favorite box of cereal. Do you remember that time? Does anyone still, can you remember back then? Um, I don't know what your favorite box of cereal was. Uh, this one probably makes my top five, but it was Cinnamon Toast Crunch. What's your favorite cereal? Like bad cereal, not good cereal. Like does anyone have one? Like a nice, like sweet one? Okay, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, most of us. Like literally the sugariest one. Um, but there was a time where this was your only concern, was which colorful, sugary cereal I'm gonna eat. But then at some point, you had to start worrying about family, and you had to start worrying about loans, student loans, you went to college and now you have a bunch of debt. You had to start worrying about rent. Are you gonna be able to pay rent this month? You had to start worrying about a job, and you had to worry about taxes. Ugh, taxes, right? Um, you had to worry about, I have one more. Bills, that's the big one. <laughs> Everyone has to worry about bills and it's just awful. Um, but at some point you didn't have those worries and it was great, but now it's not like that anymore. You have all these worries now in your life, but it was easy to believe that God is good in that time, in the cereal box time. And faith seemed easy looking back at it. Now, there are some of us that our faith has become dependent on the circumstances of our life. When things are going great, we're okay with God. Everything's all good. We come and we worship and we even give in the offering and things are good. They're, everything's good between us and God. But in times of trouble, God becomes the last thing on our mind. We're suddenly too busy for church. We have to deal with our crisis. We may even start wondering why God let this happen to us. Why there's trouble in our life. 
And in the midst of tough circumstances, we tend to find two people. We tend to become two different people. There's the one that turns to God when things are bad. And there's the one that turns away from God when things are not going their way. And the one that turns towards him in their time of trouble learns to trust him in a greater way and their faith increases. But the one who chooses to turn away from the Lord during that time, their faith decreases. They become so wrapped up in the issues and the things that they have to deal with in their life. We see this all the time when it comes to tithing. Tithing is a huge one uh, that you see it really evidently in this area. When things are going well financially, it's like, absolutely, I'm going to give. What, like, what, you don't do it? You don't give in the offering? Like, come on, don't you know it's a command? Like, I'm going to totally give. But when things start to get tight, tithing is no longer an option. And it's all, I need the money if I'm gonna survive this month. I need the money. Maybe when things get better, I'll be able to start tithing again. And here's the thing, tithe is an act of obedience. It's saying, how much are you willing to trust in the Lord? Do you think he's gonna do, he's gonna be good to you through the financial hardship that you're facing? And you see it really obviously when it comes in the area of finances. But this goes beyond just finances. In times where the miracle is taking too long, the marriage is falling apart, kids want, your kids want nothing to do with church and they want nothing to do with you. Believing for a spouse or a new job. Through the trouble, you may still believe that there is a God, but do you believe that he's good to you still? In the way that we think, we speak, the actions that we, that we take, it communicates whether we trust the Lord or not. That he, it communicates whether we believe that he can change their circumstance, that he is going to be enough for us. Is he still good in your eyes when trouble comes? Is he still someone you trust and put your faith in? Or do you decide that you need to do things your own way? When the hard times come, do you still believe that God is good. So we're going to look at the word in a moment here. But first, I want to introduce to you our first point. There's going to be four points tonight. And our first one is this, that God is good. I want to start by telling you that God really is good. And this is important because you can't actually trust someone that you don't believe is good. Like, do you trust someone that's not good, that you're afraid every time uh, you trust them with something that they're gonna, it's going to fall through? No, you don't. You need to know that God is good. If you don't believe this, then there's no way that you can trust him. When you need someone to do something important for you, who do you find? Someone that's good. Someone that you can trust. Um, when I look up something to buy... I always look at the Amazon review first. You know, you go and you click and you make sure the review's good. Um, when you look for a plumber or a restaurant to eat at, you probably look at the one with good reviews. Um, you know, if I saw a review and it said it was cheap, it was fast, but my toilet blew up and it shot sewage everywhere after they left, I'm not going to go with that guy. Like, I, he is not going to be my plumber. Or the food looked amazing, but it tasted awful and it gave me food poisoning. Like, if I see that review, I am not going there. That is not a good place. I do not trust that place. Um, just the other day, um, I needed to carry some stuff upstairs. 
and um, I, there were a bunch of guys here, and I went around looking for a guy to help me out, and I was like, I just don't trust that any of these guys are going to not either, are going to not put a hole in the wall or drop this thing on me going up the stairs. So I looked around, and I looked, and I couldn't find anyone, and finally I went, oh, AJ can help me. He's the guy who preached last week, if you were here last week. And I went and got AJ because I've carried things with him before. I know he's good at it. He's never dropped it on me before. He's never put a hole in the wall that I know of. Um, so I know that I can trust him. So that's who helped carry uh, things up. But you need to know that someone is good before you can trust them. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. It tells us right there, clear as day, the Lord is good. And the person that trusts in him will even be blessed. It even tells us to taste and see. Come have a look. He can back it up. He can back up his goodness. He's the real deal. Now, I could stop right there if I wanted to. Like, that verse, it explains itself. Like, what do you need me, what do you need me here for? Joni can just come up and pray and we'll be done tonight, all right? Because that verse pretty much explains itself. But I know it's not like that. I know it's not quite as simple as that. Because even knowing that he is good, there are times where we can still struggle to actually trust him, to give him control of our lives. That verse is more of a thesis statement than it is an actual explanation to what we're getting at tonight. So I'll start by supporting that idea with Psalm 25, 8, where it tells us, good and upright is the Lord. It's who he is. It says good and upright is the Lord. He doesn't just do good. He definitely does good, but that's not all he does. He is good. The Lord himself is good. When I stop and think about all the way that he's been good to me over the years, it's dizzying. Like, it is staggering to think about how good he has been to me over the years. He's blessed me with a car, a job, this church family, with food, with clothes, and so much more. And I'm sure he's blessed you, too, with plenty. And if you can't think of any way, any way at all, that he's been good to you, then think of the fact that he laid down his life so that you could be free from the punishment of sin. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved, so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can be thankful that someone loves you and is willing to lay down their life for you to take on the punishment of something that he did not do that was supposed to be your punishment. That's God. That is a good God. That is not nothing that he did. We serve a good God. But if you've ever been in a, in a relationship before that went south, you know that, they don't, that that person does not seem that good after it's gone wrong. Good people can change, but... Point number two, God is unchanging. God does not change. To fully trust God, we need to not only understand that he's good, but also that he doesn't change. What's better, what's better than someone you can trust right now? Someone you can always count on. Something that is always going to be there for you. Um, we got this nice, big, shiny LED screen installed 
several weeks ago. Um, I know a ton of you didn't even notice. It's kind of hilarious. I'll talk to people, have you noticed something's different in there? And they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and it's, it's awesome. But uh, we got this screen. So we had some guys who came in and installed the screen up there. And um, with them, they brought a personnel lift, which, you know, it's a little lift. It's a rectangular platform. And they take it up all the way to the ceiling so that they can do their work uh, so they, they could get that hung up there. And on those, those lifts, what you use is you use what's called an outrigger. And on each corner, you stick one of these in, and you screw it on, so you secure it, and then it's safe to go up. These guys, they were something else. Because they stuck these on, they didn't secure them, and then they ride it up, he'd do his thing, and then the guy, he would tell his, uh, the other guys who were helping him install it, he would tell them, all right, I need to move six feet over there. And they would all get down there and they would push him over there on the lift, still all the way raised, all the way to this ceiling here. And the guy would duck down, so I, I don't know what good that's gonna do when you're already being pushed. If that thing tips, like, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt yourself real bad. And he'd duck down and he'd go, okay, keep going, keep going, stop, 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 stop. And then they finally stop and, they would, and he would do his thing and then, uh, and they just kept doing that. And it was insane. These things are there so that they can secure the lift so you can go up, like it's not supposed to move. You're supposed to come down, take these things off, move the lift, and then put them back in and secure them again. It was insane. Um, and all I can say is he must have really, really trusted those guys. Because if it were me, I don't care how much I trust you. I am not letting you do that. I am not letting you push me around on that thing while I'm like how many ever feet in the air the ceiling is. It was insane. Um, and, you know, humans, like, we're wobbly. We, we trip walking on flat surfaces sometimes. It's ridiculous. Like, what is that? How can we not walk on a flat surface right? I did it earlier. It was really embarrassing. Greg had his back turned to me, thankfully, and he just barely missed me doing it. Uh, but if you trip and fall while you're pushing one of those things and you fall into that lift, it's going down. You're going to get real hurt. The lift with these things secured properly, it may wobble and it may shake, but you're not going down. They don't change. They are stuck there once you secure it. They're not going anywhere. And there is no person or thing that you can trust the same way that you can trust the Lord. Jesus tells us in Mark 10, 18, set that down, no one is good but one, that is God. Friends can be a good thing. Your spouse can be a good thing, I hope. But those people have been touched by sin. And not one is good except for the Lord. Any of you that have had a friendship that went sour, you know that your ability to trust someone can change really quickly when it goes bad. Psalm 52.1 tells us, Why do you boast in evil, O mighty man? The goodness of God endures continually. God's goodness doesn't change. It's secure. It's firm. It's always trustworthy. He is our strong tower. If he is not your ultimate trust, then you're putting your trust in places that can fail you. There's going to be trouble in your life, but you need to decide whether you trust, your trust lies in temporary things 
that don't have any true power or if it lies in the Lord whose goodness doesn't change and has the power to change your circumstance. You need to trust in something that is secure, that the slightest hint of a wobble isn't going to fall over. So, point number three. Even in times of trouble, God is good, God is unchanging, even in times of trouble. We understand that he is good and doesn't change. It's what the word tells us. But in times of trouble and doubt, it can be difficult to truly believe that. It can be difficult to see what the Lord is doing in the middle of our pain. I'm sure that most of us have figured out by now that there's trouble in this life. At least I hope you have. You may have like the most perfect life ever if you haven't figured that out yet. But there is trouble in this life. Things aren't always sunshine and frolicking through the meadows and you always get your way. I guess for some of you guys, your version of that would be watching football interrupted the, uninterrupted the entire time and your team is always crushing it. I don't know what your thing is. Uh, but there's a false belief that when you become a Christian, every problem is taken care of. Everything is perfect in your life. God is going to give you the perfect finances, the perfect kids, perfect husband, perfect wife, perfect life. But that's untrue. In fact, Jesus told us that in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. The attitude that it's all supposed to be perfect shatters people's trust in the Lord the moment that life is not. It causes you to wonder, why would a good God let this happen to me? You begin to question the character of God as anything other than good. Jesus never said, in this world, I'll make it really easy on you and things are going to be perfect. No, he said, in this world, you will have trouble, but... Take heart, I have overcome the world. The problem isn't God. In fact, he's the answer to our trouble. You will have trouble. There's no way around it. Like, you, you cannot get around it at all. But when you do, know that you have a God that is bigger than your troubles. Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Those troubles you encounter are not because God isn't good or he isn't strong enough to take care of your trouble or that he's changed at all. Trouble is a part of the fallen world that we live in. Satan's manipulation caused humanity to fall and every day we have to choose to not give in to our sinful nature and instead trust the Lord, especially when trouble comes. How'd he do it? How did the devil cause humanity to fall? He caused Adam and Eve to question God. Did God really say that? Did he really say that you couldn't do that? I think he's trying to keep you from something. Like, I, I really think he's trying to keep you from something. Did he really say that? You really think he said that? I think that's how the devil causes many of us to stumble still today. God's not going to come through. He's not going to help you in this situation. He's not really that good. How could a good God let that happen to you? Look at the trouble he's put in your life. Like, he's God. He should be able to just deal with it, shouldn't he? How do you combat something like that? Something that's questions that are in your head like that. How do you keep doubt from setting in? You remember that he is good and unchanging, even in the trouble, despite, 
the circumstances. Some people like to make it into a thing that the trouble they're going through is because of God. He's causing it to them, or it's a punishment. It's a karma that they're experiencing, which, by the way, is not a thing at all in our life. There is, you don't get any brownie points for the way you live, and you don't get negative or positive karma. God's will is not to do bad things to us. It's not to bring trouble into our lives. Sometimes we bring trouble on ourselves. Sometimes life just happens to us, but that doesn't mean that God did it to you. When there's trouble, God is not the question, why did God do this? He's the answer to our troubles. Trouble doesn't prove that God is no good. It reminds us of our need for him. When you choose to not trust the Lord in times of trouble, that's when trouble will truly meet you. And here's my last point. It's point number four. He is enough. God is good. God is unchanging. Even in times of trouble, he is enough. For many of us, I know that we understand the idea that God is good and never changes, even in times of trouble. We even like to puff out our chest and think that no matter how tough it gets, that we'll still believe that about him. Um, in fact, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, sometimes when I read the Bible, and I'll be reading a, 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 a Bible story, I kind of start getting an attitude about it, about the way they responded to a situation. You know, I read Samson, and I go, man, what a dork. How could Samson fall for that? Like, really, he told Delilah his weakness, and she chopped his hair off, and come on, he, he had it so good. I would never fall for that. Or David, David, really? Why did you keep watching that woman bathe on the roof? What's wrong with you? I would never fall for that. The Israelites wandering around in the wilderness, you know, they had a personal experience with God. God did all these crazy miracles in their lives. And it's hard not to read and go, really? You're going to worship idols and you're going to stray away from God? What's wrong with you? I would never do that. that there's something wrong with you. You got to be better than that. No wonder. They called them Doubting Thomas. I would never doubt the way Thomas did. And I get kind of an attitude about it. But let me reframe for all of you who are like me. Let me reframe all of it. For those of you who feel like our faith is too big to fail. If he never gives you the next thing you think you deserve, is he still good? If you never get promoted or that new job never comes... Is he still worthy of your trust? If you never get that breakthrough, is he enough? If you don't get healed, if you never get married, if you never have that baby, is he still good to you? Is there something that will shake your faith to its core? The hardest time to trust God is when it seems like it's never gonna happen. Like your circumstance is never gonna change. I've been there. When it seems like it can't be fixed or you can hardly remember when things were good. But to that, I say, so what? I don't mean to be insensitive and I don't mean to make light, but so what? What if he never does that miracle, never heals you or your loved one? never gives you a spouse or that job 
is he no longer good? Has he not done enough good for you already? I'm not saying that he won't. But what if it were to never happen? Do you still believe that he's good? Do you still trust him? Is he enough for you? I want to introduce you guys to a new word. It's a Hebrew word. It's dayenu. Unless you're a Messianic Jew, Jewish people do not affirm Jesus as Lord and Savior. They're still waiting on a Messiah. And even after the persecution, the atrocities committed against them as a people group, their continued waiting for a Messiah, they still sing this song called Dayenu during Passover celebration. They sing it after they retell the story, the Exodus story. And what Dayenu means is, it's Hebrew for, it would have been enough. It would have been sufficient. Die enough, Anu to us, enough to us. It consists of 15 stanzas, stanzas, five about leaving slavery from Egypt, five about the miracles God performed, and five on being with God. And I'm just gonna read a little bit of it to you. Um, and this is a bit of a transliteration of it into English. It goes like this. If he had brought us out from Egypt and had not carried our judgments against them, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had carried out judgments against them and not against their idols, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had destroyed their idols and had smitten their firstborn, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had smitten their firstborn and had not given us their wealth, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had given us their wealth and had not split the sea for us, it would have been enough. If he had split the sea for us and had not taken us through it on dry land, it would have been enough. If he had taken us through the sea on dry land and had not drowned our oppressors in it, Dayenu. If he had drowned our oppressors in it and had not supplied our needs in the desert for 40 years, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If he had supplied our needs in the desert for 40 years and had not fed us the manna, Dayenu. If he had fed us the manna and had not given us the Sabbath, Dayenu. If he had given us the Sabbath and had not brought us before Mount Sinai, it would have been enough. If he had brought us before Mount Sinai and had not given us the Torah, that's scripture, it's the first five books of the Old Testament, it would have been enough. If he had given us the Torah and had not brought us into the land of Israel, Dayenu. If he had brought us into the land of Israel and had not built for us the holy temple, Dayenu, it would have been enough. If God never does another thing in your life, is he still good? Do you still trust him? It's enough to me that he took the punishment of my sin and that he is a God who wants to know me and allows me to know him. The things he's pulled me out of, the trouble he's taken care of me in my life, already would have been enough. But I'm thankful that he does more than enough, that he keeps going. 
He still wants to do more in our lives. He has given us hope for the future and a life that is eternal. There will come a day where my body will fail me, but my God will not. A time and place where there will be no more suffering and no more pain. The Lord has promised that our best days are ahead of us. And those days are not on this earth. In the midst of our suffering, don't lose sight. Don't lose sight of the eternal life he has promised us. He is a good God, even in times of trouble. God is good and he doesn't change. Even in times of trouble, he is enough. So we're gonna end and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to worship here for a little bit. But many of the worship songs we sing describe the Lord's character. You're always up to something good. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. Worthy is your name. And I found that when I declare who my God is in times of worship, the more evident who he is becomes in my life. And the larger my faith grows.